Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hello all! weather outside is frightful. Welcome to our holiday show. I'm going to call it the Christmas show because there are two guys sitting here that, well, I celebrate Christmas. You know what my favorite holiday is? My mind is a blank. Festivus. (laughs) Do you have a Festivus pole in your house? (laughs) Because it's the holiday for the rest of us. I never even saw that episode, but at work, at work, I was talking to a couple of our clients this week and they kept telling me happy Festivus. (laughs) And I honestly didn't know what it was as much as I I think Seinfeld is funny. And I've seen a bunch of the shows that I think were funny. Are you sponge worthy? You know, all that good stuff. I didn't know Festivus. I mean, I knew what the man's ear was, you know, the bro. I knew sponge worthy, but. <laughs> Excuse me. Jerry Stiller is just a riot. He's his so is his son. Ben Stiller is a mm-hmm. genius. I mean, he's just a genius. I don't know if I'd call him a genius, but he's just damn funny. Call him a genius. He's uh comically I don't know, gifted. Yeah, I don't I think he's really funny. But anyway, this whole festivist thing, you know, really made me <laughs> laugh. What's with the festivist pole? I don't I don't even know what that is. I mean it's obviously the It's the, the replacement for the tree, yeah, it's but the it's the embodiment a, of the holidays. It's the a, physical a steel or aluminum pole. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do with it? I don't know. I don't know the details of it. I only saw that episode once when it first aired. I have not seen it at uh, all. I'll need to find out what season it is and buy that season of Seinfeld <laughs> just to find out about the festivist pole. Well, I'm sure you can find all that information on www. Seinfeld.com or something. Is it? The sign- yeah. I have no Or we idea. could just say Happy Chris Mahana Kwanzaakas. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because what was it? A virgin had the uh, Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. But I actually changed it Kwanzaa. to Chris Mahana Kwanzaakas. What's, oh. I got, got the a- end of Hanukkah and the end of Christmas in there. Yeah, Chris yeah. Chris Mahana Kwanzaakas. Yeah, you need to stress those twice. I, I extended it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is our Festivus show. Oh, jeez. And, um, well, I don't, I actually don't have a problem if somebody doesn't celebrate Christmas. I don't I'm, have a problem I'm, either. But I'm cool with saying happy holidays because in a group of multicultural group, not everybody's going to celebrate Christmas. Absolutely. This and- group doesn't, this particular group that I'm seated in now isn't all that multicultural, I guess. So, Merry I, I'm Christmas. I'm unicultural. <laughs> I'm omnicultural. Oh, geez. Well, here's the thing. If I, here's what I want to ask you. If I said Merry Christmas to you, and you did not celebrate Christmas, would you be offended? Me? Yeah. But I'm, no, but I'm not everybody. Well, you're representative of everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, I think, I think you're I voted in. I had a thought. Oh, jeez. I, I knew I smelled something burning. <laughs> but I don't remember what it is. <laughs> oh, there it I'll is. have to come back to that later. All right. This is our Christmas holiday show. That's right. And, you know, it's really weird because it only feels like minutes since I got done taping the last show. I know, and I even I even broke out this glass of wine here. I left it over from the last show. It's and so it's good. still fresh. It hasn't gone bad yet. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even changed clothes or bathed 
since our last show. So I don't I know. I don't know what that says, but it certainly says something. Yeah. Well, for all the people there confused about that, we're we're uh, recording this early so yeah. that we can take a break. Our normal taping day is Sunday, and of course, Christmas falls on a Sunday this year, so mm-hmm. it's a pretty good bet. We weren't going to get together and tape on Christmas Day. That's right. I don't have much going, so I would have done it, but John's got a family and probably has some commitments. I'd be buried in wrapping paper. That might be a cool way to do the show, just <laughs> crinkling wrapping paper That's what I'm going to be hearing for hours on that next Sunday. That's cool. So, you know, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk. Crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy talk. We're going to talk about um, the traditions that we have celebrated in the past and kind of maybe the new ones that yeah. we're creating now. And John, I know, has some interesting stuff to say about the, the new traditions that he's creating with his new family and all that kind of cool stuff. Well, I'll let interesting be decided by our listeners. But yeah, I've got a lot of stuff to say about traditions in the past. And uh, now that I've got a family of my own, I'm creating some new things. And uh, I think it's pretty fun. We also have a tune today, and it's a lovely little somber little ditty that I think will set a nice tone for Festivus or whatever <laughs> whatever holiday you're celebrating We'll call this today. the Festivus tune. This is the Festivus tune. <laughs> the Chris Mahata Kwanzaakis tune. That's right. And, and oh, we've gotten know. in the spirit of Christmas. Rich has had like 48 cookies. John, in keeping with the tradition of my family not making <laughs> me anything gluten-free but my friends doing it, I got an email from John a couple of days ago that said, is oatmeal gluten-free or something like that? Yeah. And I kind of went into the whole blurb about oatmeal and how some people, some celiacs do eat it. Um, it's generally, you know, they're not really clear on the whole gluten protein thing yet. You know, it's not yeah. like they can look at exactly which molecular components of it are the exact toxic mm-hmm. component to a celiac. So there are, in many cases, oatmeal is... Um, uh, what's the word I want? Harvested. Harvested. Our oatmeal is harvested with the same equipment that wheat is harvested with. So what that means is if there's oatmeal, or I'm sorry, wheat residue left in the, the trucks that carry it, the combines that pick mm-hmm. it or whatever they use, you can cross-contaminate the oatmeal. So there's a variety of companies that are making oatmeal that's harvested with equipment that only harvests oatmeal. Mm-hmm. And there are some celiacs who are actually eating oatmeal. It's still considered by most people to be, at the very least, slightly toxic to celiacs, and I'm not really willing to take the risk um, and dive in and eat oats. Like, there's one or two people in my celiac support group who do do it. I'm not quite willing to take that plunge yet, because when I was at my sickest, I was very sick, and I never, ever want to go back there again. But John made me these kind of sugar cookies or something. Yeah, well, the reason why I asked about oatmeal is because I I make an oatmeal cookie that... Um, is a modified recipe of one that I had when I was a kid, and they came out great one year. So I've been making them every year, and uh, everyone has raved about them. And I thought I'd share that with you, but I guess oatmeal is not such a good thing. But the quinoa flakes, yes, they I'm gonna, work. I'm going to try that out. So John made me these cookies, and uh, they're really good. The only <laughs> the only issue is I'm not entirely sure they're 100% gluten free. And for any celiacs that are listening, you'll you'll understand where I'm going with this. John told me the recipe, and it's all cool. He used parchment paper in his pans. He cleaned them thoroughly. He did all of these amazing things, which most people don't even do who are celiacs, as long as they wash them. Um, they don't use necessarily use parchment paper. But then he got to the almond vanilla extract that he added. And oftentimes, um, vanilla, the vanilla bean flecks are suspended in like an alcohol solution, and you pour it in, and then the alcohol evaporates, and the, you know, the mm-hmm. vanilla beans are scattered throughout whatever you mixed. Alcohol is an interesting thing. 
It can be distilled or it can be fermented. It can be made two ways. Distilled alcohol is believed by every credible scientific source to be gluten-free. When you distill it, it evaporates. The gluten does not evaporate with it. Fermented alcohol, we definitely know that the gluten remains behind. So if the alcohol that was used as the uh, solute or whatever, is that, is that the right term? It's not really a solvent. It's 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 holding it in suspension. It's holding it in suspension. Right. It's the suspension liquid. If the alcohol was distilled um, or cool, if it was um, hello, fermented. fermented, it's not cool. Well, However, I, did, I did check. I mean, I the thing is, I I, I bought two brands of uh, uh, extracts. I had an almond extract and a vanilla extract. the The almond extract was from a company that I researched, and they said, and at least many people have said that it's on a list of gluten free products, even though they they use alcohol, and they said that it was corn alcohol and it was uh, totally gluten free. But the almond or the uh, vanilla extract that I got was. Uh, from a generic source, and I couldn't confirm it. So, however, I've been eating the cookies anyway. <laughs> I took a risk, and I ate uh, actually nearly all of the cookies. <laughs> There's only like one or two of them left, and I'm eyeing those right now, and they're looking pretty good at this hour. Well, and if if anything's going to cause it, it's going to be eating a whole box of cookies. Yeah, they've actually done some research on how much, for example wheat flour, normal white flour. They've done controlled tests with celiacs who are willing to eat flour and, and gluten. Mm-hmm. And then they've scoped them and, and saw how much damage a particular amount of gluten over so much time, as administered in volumes of flour anyway, does. And I, I think you can actually have something like a quarter tea. I don't know over how much time, but you know you can have a quarter teaspoon of white flour. And I don't know how much time, how many times you do it. I, I'll need to look at the research again. But um if you're under that threshold, your your GI tract doesn't show any signs of damage. If you're over it, it does. And I, I tend to stick by the no gluten, you know, zero tolerance for gluten thing. There is no amount of gluten that I would put in my body that I would think is safe, but I really needed to have these cookies. So, <laughs> Erring yeah. on the side of caution is good, except for cookies. <laughs> except when there's cookies. So, you know, if I'm, I'm horribly sick tomorrow, I'll blame John and vomit all, all over my bathroom and I'll be fine with it. Oh, come on, Rich. Personal no, responsibility. <laughs> I'm sorry to break that out. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for the cookies. I'm going to have some more. And so anyway, today is our Christmas show. So who wants to start? Who wants to start? Well, I guess I can start. Rock, paper, scissors? Tradition. <laughs> Why don't you start? I, I wanted to play the uh, the Fiddler on the Roof The theme. Festivus theme? Tradition. Yeah. Well, my tradition has always been um, over the past, well, 30 years or so before I, I started having, uh, well, kids. Um, I would travel when I wasn't living at home and I would go to my parents' house. When I was a kid, I was in my parents' house and we would have this huge Italian New Year or yeah, New Year's Christmas Eve dinner. And the entire family, extended family would come to the house and uh, there would be fish of all kinds all over the place. People were eating fish, 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 40 different types of fish. Um, and uh, there were presents. We always had to uh, open the presents on Christmas Eve. It was some strange thing that we did. Um, wrapping paper everywhere. And I think the only reason why we did that is because um, that's the only time that all the kids of the entire extended family were together. So they'd have the presents. Um, it was just mayhem. Well, the traveling got to be much when uh, when I started having kids. And, uh, well... I decided that the new tradition was going to be, I'm going to have Christmas in my house. 
Kind of like Thanksgiving. That's right. And it's the same thing that happened with Thanksgiving. We're traveling nowhere. We're going to have a nice, quiet Christmas at my house. Um, I'm cooking. I can have all the food that I want, that I can eat. It's not going to bother me. Um, sorry to be selfish there. But my kids like to have Christmas in their house. They don't like to travel. You know, they, they don't want to be in their pajamas on Christmas Eve, you know, sleeping in the car on the way home. They like to... Uh, it's okay. It's okay. They like to you, be... You uh, can do this if you want. Oh, I know. I'm not looking for approval. I'm just saying this is uh, one of the things that, that I've gotten some some uh, flack for. But yeah, my kids, uh, they like to be in their own beds at a decent hour on Christmas Eve awaiting the arrival of the big Santa. fat man with the red suit. Well, I think that tradition is, is remaining, but you know, it's fun. I like playing Santa. I like uh, doing the whole Santa thing. Well, that ex- certainly explains the weight you've been putting on. <laughs> Hitting now, below John's, the belt and above John's, the belt. John's pretty thin, actually. I'm not thin. I wouldn't call myself thin. <sighs> That's me patting my giant gourd of a belly. Your belly. Yeah. You look good. Do you work out? <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> John used to ride the bike with me every yeah, once in a while. Uh, I used to ride the bike. My legs are fit. <laughs> he doesn't even know where the bike is. <laughs> I know exactly where the bike is. Is it still green? It is still green. It's the last green. I can crack that bike out after the show. Anyways, that's the tradition in my house. We have we have uh, a nice, quiet Christmas Eve. The kids go to bed at a decent hour, and we go frantic putting the presents under the tree. I'm whispering now because the kids are above us. Uh, yeah. Wait a minute. What do you mean? You put the presents under the tree. I, the collective I. <laughs> what do you mean I put the presents under the tree? What, do you, what are you asking? I, 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 I thought Santa put the presents under the tree. I put the presents that are from me under the tree. The rest of them just appear. Okay. Whew. And then, you know, I spend the next morning uh, cleaning the carpet because there's soot everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> That's it. Next day, it's a madhouse. Wrapping paper everywhere in my house. Well, I, I, you know, when we talked about this like a month ago, you said you were going to talk about the new Oh, yeah, that's started. right. I thought there was something in particular that you that do is, that's to, right. you know, kind of go in a new direction with this. That's right. There, there used to be, when I say wrapping paper everywhere, we're talking about tons of presents for every child. It used to be a thing where every child got the presents. You know, adults didn't get or exchange presents. It was all for the kids. Well, you know... I noticed that a lot of children started focusing on presents. Christmas was about presents. Nothing but presents. What am I getting? Making my list in June. (laughs) Checking it twice. That's right. Well, okay. So what we decided was, you know what? We're going to, you know, break this tradition of nothing but presents. And it's going to be where very few presents are had in the house. So we decided that there are only going to be three presents given per child. One present, which is a decent size present and the rest are just the small big things. gift the big gift hmm. so essentially the kids are going to get one big gift and the rest are going to be maybe small things and little stocking stuffers so they can spend maybe i don't know half an hour opening the presents and the rest of the day is about family spending time together i actually don't think decent that's, to each other i don't think that's uncommon you know i think i'm hearing a lot of that you know i have a friend who um they never gave real presents it was always gag gifts you know <laughs> they made it too. they made it fun and funny and you know if you needed something in particular like maybe clothes you know mm-hmm. geez you know i could really use some clothes you know they would they would do that because that was 
I mean, that's kind of an essential, you know, food, clothing, shelter, though, that Laszlo's hierarchy of needs, you know, right. primary, secondary, and tertiary needs. Clothing's pretty high up there, especially around here in winter. But <laughs> up here, the it's most, the number one. Yeah. You can eat your two. clothing. You are number six. I am not a number. <laughs> I am a free man. Every time I hear number two, I keep thinking about, uh, what's it, Austin Powers, that one scene. <laughs> yes. Who does number two work for? Well, I'm thinking of The Prisoner, that classic uh, yes. show with Patrick McGowan from the from the late 60s, which was just brilliant. And I will be getting on DVD one of these days. For Christmas, maybe. Mm, yeah. John actually got me um, an episode of that many years ago, around 1990. He bought me the first pilot that never aired, actually. It was like the secret <laughs> pilot that didn't air, that like the network the rejected. The lost episode. Yeah, the network rejected it. Then they recut another pilot. So I have uh, The Prisoner, but it's 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 a great show. But... um. Yeah, well, that's cool. I like the idea of a, a non-commercial Christmas. I actually remembered what I was going to say, and it was really sort of a little dig. It was a little barb at all the Christians oh, great. and Catholics around here. I, I <laughs> Around here? In this room is one. <laughs> I purposely signed things, Merry Xmas, and in parenthetically, I always write, let's take the Christ out of Christmas. I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just my thing. It's just my little dig at all the people who are into the whole religion thing. But yes, it's immature. Yes, it is immature. Why do you have to justify things by knocking other people down? <laughs> Actually, make, I think, he, do you feel better when you knock other people down? I'm not knocking anybody down. I, I think it's actually kind of funny. Come on. You know, I'm spoofing the people who don't like X-Mass and say, let's put the Christ back in Christmas. That's where I got it from. So I always do a, I do a double, I do a whammy. I do a twist on it and I reverse it. See what you did? You put the Christ out of Christmas. Yeah, I did. By putting the X and you turn it around. I did. I turned it around on him. I don't mean any hard, you know, I don't mean to be hurtful. It's just a little bit of humor. I'm very pissed. <laughs> John's really angry. If pissed had a number, it would be nine. Yeah, and a perfect be, square. And that would be me. One, four, and nine. The squares of one, two, and three. I'm the, joking. I'm not pissed. The ratio of the monolith. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. It was the ratio of one to four to nine. The squares uh, of one, two, and three. We're still trying to figure out what that means. Oh, boy. Uh, we got a tune. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think it's got a, a really weird name. I've never heard this word it's before. It's soliloquy. That's how you pronounce it? I think it is. I thought it was Soli Lao Kiwi. I thought it was Chinese. It is, actually. Well, now, this is another Larry uh, Tuttle tune, um, Solo Chapman Stick. We love the stick. And if you hear a lot of buzzing, it's it's not our gear. It's them. It's the recording. It's, it's we, we don't like buzz. Yeah, I think in IT conversations, they do this disclaimer for every recording they get that's uh, subpar. Well, I the think... recording is actually quite good. But for some reason, the amount of 60 hertz hum... On this particular song, Soliloquy, is much louder than it was on Spanish Mice, the tune we played mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why, but that's on them. You know, I couldn't do anything to remove it. I tried. It's still a good tune. Try it's to a really it. great tune. Check it out. It's called Soliloquy by Larry Tuttle, and we'll link to uh, his cool website uh, when we release the show.
Very nice. Yeah. Recorded live. Actually, that's our studio audience. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) No, it wasn't. That was the live studio audience from Stick Night, which is a thing they do every year around the NAMM show time. You know, they they get all the really hot stick players in the world and they put on a concert. They hit them with a stick? Yeah. Different Stick Night. And this time they recorded it. That's very cool. Yeah, I dig the stick. <laughs> Rich, anyway, <laughs> giving me a very strange look. We're not going to go there. So the anyway, instrument, the instrument. <laughs> it is a really, really cool instrument, the Chapman stick. Well, I guess we'll link to it again, stick.com. There's some cool videos that give you an idea of what it's like to see the instrument being played. It's It's just really cool. Actually, if you saw the movie Dune... Patrick Stewart's character, the musician, what was his name? I'm trying to remember that. Oh, he was, um, I can't remember it. It's one of my favorite films, too. He he played a gold instrument, do you recall? Mm-hmm. It was a painted Chapman stick. Was it? <laughs> it was a Chapman stick that was painted, and the music that they played was from Emmett Chapman's CD, which I believe is called Parallel Galaxies or something wow. like that. Wow. That so, yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah, there's a bit of trivia for you. It was a gold Chapman stick, and they used it in the movie. And How cool is that? I mean, I think that's really cool. Now I have to go watch that film again. It was yeah. like two and a we half hours. We get to see Sting killed, too, which is a bonus. <laughs> or as Johnny Rotten would call him, Stink. Stink. He was killed in a horrible way. And when they killed him, you could see like down his throat. You could see the knife blade in his mouth if you looked down. You the... you got oh, you gave away the ending. Well, most of those people probably you keep beating the table. Stop that! It's a bad table. Must be beaten. So I, I guess I'll talk about my family tradition, which has evolved and changed. Actually, it didn't evolve at all, but it's begun to evolve a bit in the past three or four years. Are you still killing goats? <laughs> yes, and we're drinking the blood. You're wearing Jeez. the leggings, too? <laughs> yeah, we, we dance around a fire. Oh, you had to give it away. No. Has, has Satan ever come? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, actually, we were able to get um, uh, the gatekeeper and the key master together. <laughs> we, were, we were certainly able to do that. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Stay puffed marshmallow, man. He did. He appeared over the horizon, and we, we got him with our... Um, what were those packs called? They're um, neutrino accelerators or something. I don't remember. Classic Ghostbusters. But there's a thing, there's a Polish tradition called Vigilia, which I've always assumed meant like the vigil or, mm-hmm. or vigil, to be vigilant. And the tradition is goes back, geez, an awfully long time, I guess. And it involves uh, Christmas Eve and the Holy Wafer, which in Polish is called Płatek, the, the, the communion host. wafer, the mm-hmm. host. And um, it's typically blessed. And, of course, now because it's wheat-based, I can't have it. But um, they do <laughs> offer it rice-based. But then there was, mm-hmm. like, this big issue where certain cardinals said it wasn't official because it wasn't wheat-based. And then there was this big argument with the Catholic Church. And then the Pope, the Pope finally said, Pope John Paul, when he was still alive, finally said, rice-based host is okay. It's a symbol, <laughs> for crying out loud, you know? Well, technically, I don't even want to get into the whole thing. But technically, it's not a symbol. But okay. It's It's food. The 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 point being, it's not the actual substance it, that that is being presented. That's what I'm saying. It's, What's the difference? What it's made out of? If you call right. it the host and you and you're, you believe it's the body, then you're in keeping with the tradition. I always assumed, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, to get into the whole tradition, if we want to just touch on that very quickly, it's actually the physical presence is believed to be 
in that that host. That's why they call it a host. But it's food. And and the point that I'm trying to make is it doesn't matter if it was made out of concrete. I agree. I agree. So I think the Pope gave the thumbs up on, on rice-based hosts. Good for him. I think he was a pragmatist, too. Yeah, and I don't think I've actually, my family's ever sought out the rice-based host. But Vigilia is, it was a gigantic celebration in my family. And for all 39 years of my life, um, my Aunt Genevieve, who died a couple of months ago, was the anchor of Vigilia. Until she got sick with asthma and, and, and um, couldn't make the food and host it at her host it pod at her house anymore um it was always held at her house ever since i was a, a i'm sure when i was just a baby and couldn't remember being there it was in anki's mm-hmm. house and there were probably 30 relatives there at the time you know and it involves the breaking of the host and wishing good wishes to your family and friends that are there and you do that the tradition is that you break the host you have a piece in your hand and the person uh, that you're going to exchange wishes with has the host also Platek, and I break a piece of yours off, and you break a piece of mine off, and then you you eat it, you consume it, and that's the the Vigilia tradition, and um, it was starts that, that way. Was that consecrated by a priest? Um, I believe the host is typically blessed. Yeah, is that okay. what you mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a uh, well. Then maybe what was going on at in the uh, in the tradition is that the it was a, sort of like a a reenactment of the Last Supper. Where people were breaking bread together, I, I, something like that, certainly. Yeah, yeah, because technically the the host in the the Catholic Mass is something that's consecrated at the Mass. Right. So this is something that's blessed just as a as a piece of food. So in in the case of this, it in, is just it, food. Yeah. Then it is just food. Yeah. yeah. And there was a guy painting us at that supper too. It <laughs> can be seen everywhere. So every Christmas, you guys were painted. Yeah, it was remarkable. And a fresco. Fresco, yeah. You know, he put up the wet plaster and he painted on it on his back. It was <laughs> quite famous. But that typically, according to tradition, starts when you can see the first star in the sky. Where that one comes from, God only knows. So random. I know, it's just crazy. <laughs> and, of course, nobody follows that. You know, you start the celebration when everybody's there. You right. Know, and you right. do that. And uh, the meal is typically gigantic. And it, it, I believe it has to be an odd number of courses, like 9, 11, or 13. It has Numerology, to be. big in the Catholic Church. Yeah. So there are numbers involved. Um, typically, many kinds of pierogi are served. Um, Nine times? No. Okay. Nine times what? I don't know what you're asking. They're served nine times. We oh, eat them nine times. We do. I eat at least nine. <laughs> but yeah, there is uh, much food served. Pierogi in all stripes. Um, cheese and potato, of course, are the famous mm. ones. But they're made with fruit too. Prunes and apples and cabbage. Kapusta, as they say in Polish. And that's a staple. Borscht, beet stew, is mm-hmm. always served. And um, the kind of potatoes that you stuff um, potato pierogi with are served as a side dish. And typically... Um, spooned into the borscht and there's usually a fish course but anyway this is a big thing and this happened the the previous you know 38 years of my life this has always happened with my aunt gi around in the first 36 years or so of my life she was the anchor she was the host and it (laughs) always happened at her house and she would cook for days and then we would just go over there and eat for days yeah eat for days it would seem like for days felt like days yeah and it was always a big thing and in I'm not too into the religious aspect of it. I enjoyed the um, the camaraderie and the uh, 
the uh, the rest that goes along with that. And it, it just, but it just was ingrained tradition. I was used to it, you know. And then it got to the point where my aunt got my aunt Genevieve. We call her Gee. Aunt Gee got really um, asthma. She had problems, and she couldn't do all the cooking, and she couldn't host it anymore. So it would be hosted at like one of my brother, my, probably my brother Al's house, and Yankee would come over. But no longer were there like homemade pierogi, you know. We were buying them hmm. from the Ukrainian church or we were buying them from the Polish restaurant in Syracuse. And then, of course, Yankee died a few months ago. So this will be like the first Vigilia that I've had to have on this planet without my aunt around, which is kind of sad. But I, I thought it was necessary to kind of honor my aunt and make gluten-free pierogi this year, which I did. I talked about that a couple of shows yep. ago. I made them, and they're pretty good. Um, I She made them with me two years ago. I was lazy and didn't feel like making them last year. But I think I improved um, the recipe a little bit. As you found out, working with glu- the mechanical properties of gluten-free dough are very different than yes. dough with gluten. So you need to do experimenting. And what I've done is I've I've modified her recipe a little bit. And um, you know I think I came up with a dough that I'll basically, I'll probably keep that recipe next year. I think it came out pretty good. I'll probably salt the dough a little more because it seemed mm-hmm. a little bland when I um, made them this year. But anyway, that's the, the tradition that's been in my family for all of my life and probably all of my family's history. I mean, it's a, it's an old fashioned Polish tradition that most Polish people don't do anymore. And I'm not necessarily big on tradition, but again, it's become so ingrained. I'm so used to doing it. I guess I'm regardless of where I am or what I'm doing, I will continue to sort of honor that tradition in some way, you know, for the rest of my life. Well, I mean, traditions are, are a big comfort too. Well, that's part of it. I mean, it's like comfort food, comfort yeah. traditions. I mean, it is very comforting. Because she was like my favorite aunt in the world, and uh, you know I miss her, so I, you know, she'll always be a part of that tradition, and she'll always be there at the table when we're kind of like, you know, hanging out and doing our thing. And um, you know, who knows what the future brings, but I'm sure it will bring at least in part some of the the Vigilia celebration. I can lose the breaking of the bread; <laughs> it's not that big <laughs> for me. But the idea of Vigilia is important to me, and uh, you know, we'll continue doing that. This year, we're going to do a little small one at uh, at Al's house again, brother Alan, and I'll bring my pierogi over and. We'll just do our thing. Yeah. And, you know, I had a, a conversation with my mom not too long ago, maybe 48 hours ago. And uh, it was about the, the continuation of the tradition because... What it, what specific tradition are you talking about? Well, I mean, about this whole thing where we all got together and had the whole seafood-based Italian Christmas Eve. Do you eat octopus? <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah, I, I used to joke with people and, and until they became, you know, wise guys with me. Uh, they used to <laughs> not wise. wise, not wise guys with the guns and the oh, twisted noses. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I wanted to say a different word, but I wanted to be clean about it. Um, I used to say that I didn't eat anything that had a, a face or a mother. And then someone said, well, worms don't have a face. <laughs> but I said, but they have a mother, right? And they're like, well, technically you could cut a worm in half and that one didn't have a mother. Well, and then it I don't ridiculous. Know about that whole rumor. Yeah, it became ridiculous. But anyway, that's anyways, just ridiculous. Anyways, I was Lucy. talking to <laughs> Anyway, I'm I was talking to my mother about the whole tradition thing and about continuation of the tradition. And you know, my mom, she's uh I wouldn't call her uh old because I don't want to talk to my, talk about my mother that way. She's she's always young in my heart. Oh, I'm getting all misty. Anyways, she's she's um she's not able to do the whole thing where she's cooking for days. Same thing with your aunt. She's not able to cook for days and host the whole thing. It's very tiring for her. So, you know, my brother started doing the whole thing where everyone came to his house and, and it's just not the same. Which brother? My brother, Frank. Ah. Um, it's just it's just not the same. The, the pianist. Yeah. 
<laughs> we featured him on the show. That's uh, right. Not quite featured, but well, you know, he was he in was, there somewhere. He was in the mix. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's it's not the same. Um, and I, I I talked to my mother about this, and she said, you know, it's not the same for me either. And she said, it's okay for me to start my own tradition. And she said, it's no, that's the way it's always been for her. Um, because she came from Italy, and she sort of had to break ties with her family and start her own traditions in the United States. Well. She said, you know, it's about time. You know, you you have a family and it's good. It's a good thing. So it was good to hear from her this year that, um, you know, it, it's okay with her that I'm having my own traditions and I'm not doing the whole big family dinner with them anymore. Well, you, something you said about your mom when she got back from Italy recently struck me as interesting, too, because it flies in the face of tradition completely, too. What did your mom say when she got back from Italy? She said a lot of things. About herself. Oh, she's, was- she said... I'm not Italian anymore. She was, I'm an American because, um, I went over there and, and, um, and, uh, there were a lot of things that, uh, about the Italian lifestyle that just didn't jive with her anymore. Eating very late dinners, for yeah, example, things eat, like that. Eating late dinners. And she said she doesn't like the coffee there anymore, which is crazy to me. Crazy talk. Just That's silly. Yeah. What's and, even crazier are those people who roast green coffee beans and, and stuff like that. They're nutcakes. <laughs> Forget about it. They're insane, and they should be put in a home. And I, I really wasn't prodding you to go into this because I was going for that patriotic, I'm an American now, I'm not Italian no, anymore no, no, thing. No, no, no. I was going for the things change. You know, well, your absolutely. mom's not an Italian anymore. I mean, of course she's Italian, but she's not yeah, she's, a... She still has that accent, though. She does, and she can speak the language, and she was born there, but she's not... Uh, well, you know, 100% old country anymore. No, you know? no. And, and, and she's cool. okay with that. But it, and it's perfectly okay. Look, things change. People change. And and it was cool to hear from process. her that it was okay to sort of pass those traditions on and start my own. And even if she didn't say that, you would have done it anyway. I would have done it anyway. You know, <laughs> well, there you go. That's me. I'm a rebel. Stubborn little. You and your Yankees hat. She's <laughs> some crimers. Speaking of Yankees, my mom's a big Yankees fan. Is she? Your yeah. mom likes baseball? And she yells at the television in Italian. <laughs> that I'd like to see. Wow. It's, it's funny. Well, your mom's a Steve Morse fan, too, which is okay by me. Uh, yeah, technically Well, she, she liked is. Highland Wedding. I remember you played it for her. I was there in your yeah, kitchen over right. on Wellsville. That's right. I, uh, wow. She really liked the song Highland <laughs> Wedding, which is on the... Um, High Tension Wire. High Tension Wire CD. Yep. Thank you very much. But anyway, that's our, I guess that's our Christmas show. Yeah. We, I got nothing. I'm, we're done. I got nothing either. And, you know, as non-Christmassy as it is, I'm going to play some Claxons. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really in keeping with the uh, the season. But there they are anyway. Those are our Christmas Claxons. <laughs> they really are. They remind me of little sleigh bells. They are. They're very much like sleigh bells. I don't know. Anyway... I hope you enjoyed our Christmas, traditional Christmas show, the first one we've ever done. It's the first annual, as they say. And like what? Our next show, will that be released in the new year? Yes. I think it will. Cool. Well, anyway. see you next year then. That's right. This is Rich Wilgus. And John Tellerico. Check out the blog, www.bloodyveg.com. And feedback at bloodyveg.com if you want to send us anything good. Send us only good stuff. Bad stuff, keep it to yourself. We don't like bad stuff. Hope you have a great holiday. Festive is happy. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Kiss, and remember... Whatever you celebrate is good for us. And you're listening to V.I.B. V.I.B.